What? I'm not even done. <laughs> I'm not even done. Okay. Oh my this God. is hard evidence. Stop laughing. <laughs> what? Objection. Stop? The jury will not stop pissing their pants. Stop. Okay. BJ, Nick, and AJ. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Now, I understand that you have a new podcast discussing certain theories, you know, but that's what people do, you know, make stuff up, theorize. And uh, Bob Vance is not a member of organized crime. Now, has something fallen off a truck once in a while? Maybe. Grand jury, well, they didn't press any charges, okay? Now, I'm sure you know about the Scranton Strangler, and I've been accused of being that, which is shocking. Shocking. I'd say your more likely suspect is true. Moe's or Dwight? I mean, Dwight's kitten killer, after all. I mean, didn't he murder Angela's cat? Strangled it, I believe. It was, it was a peaceful death, is what he said. So... I'm going to give you guys a little suggestion. Don't bat Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration's name, unless you want to take a ride with my boys Leo and Gino. Real good workmen, those two. Think about it. Now, go theorize and uh, keep it cool. guys welcome to scotch and splendor the podcast that tastes like the office to get you drunk like a bloodlust that can only be fueled by strangling a fresh victim could jesus christ (laughs) well if you love inside jokes and you've been waiting to be a part of one someday you're in the right place it's here on scotch and splendor we're talking about anything and everything the office but most importantly theories side stories and of course what ifs uh we are your co-regional managers as always i'm aj i'm bj i'm nick and here on this episode Episode, you guys have been asking, begging, pleading, not for your lives, but for us to talk about the Scranton Strangler. <laughs> uh, it's finally here. I've been looking forward to this one. You know, this is one we talked about before we recorded the first episode. We were like, yeah. this will be a big one later on. Yeah. Right? yeah. We, we didn't want to blow it too early, but then at the same time, we just needed to make sure we did it at the right time. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Oh, uh, <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Uh, but first and foremost, guys, before we jump into this, we always got to give you a really quick reminder. Uh, while you're here and you're listening, make sure you're leaving us a five-star review. Uh, it's really easy to do. You just got to click on that button right now. You don't even have to stop listening. Uh, we maybe don't do it while you're driving, but uh, I'm not going to tell care. you what you what to do. It's your life. Yep. <laughs> you do you. And make sure while you're doing it, you drop us your fan theory because you're writing us a review, not while you're driving again, so we can read it right here on the show. That's right, because our fan theory this week comes from Wes Dunn, Ooh. and it is... 
When corporate closed Stanford, they intentionally left Michael in charge and unsupervised because they wanted him to be himself so people would inevitably quit and they wouldn't have to pay severance for the eliminated jobs. A bonus portion at the bottom is that because they never replaced any of the people who left. Dang. That's a good point. That's That's a solid theory. Wow, that's, that's about damn near airtight, but what do you guys have to add to that? They just, like Jan... And David Wallace are just sitting in a room, and they say, okay, so should we find somebody else for Scranton? And they go, what if we just let Michael run rampant? (laughs) (laughs) What if we doubled their budget for general shenanigans and jackassery? Yeah. Well, it's like, no, we'll cut that to uh, like time and a half for that budget so they can make sure they aren't overdoing it for like they were for two branches. Right. But. It's like, I mean, we hear it multiple times. Uh, first and foremost, the obvious is Jan when we, when he gets rid of Pepperoni Tony. Pepperoni, Pepperoni Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he says, did you, fi- did you fire Tony Gardner? And he's when like, he was trying to quit. When he was quit. trying to quit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very, very specific there, Jan. Now you realize we have to pay him severance? <laughs> There's a hard S on that end. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So the proof is stacking up here. Yeah. That's pretty good. Also, who, okay, so a total of five came over from Stanford. Yeah, because right? let's talk about it. So it was Pepperoni Tony. Yep. It was uh, Marvin the Reformed Convict. Yep. It was Martin. Sorry. Martin, Martin excuse yeah. me. I said Marvin. Mm. Andy Martin. and Karen. Andy and Karen, and then Hannah Smotridge Barr. Hannah Smotridge <laughs> yeah. Barr. Hannah Smotridge Barr. With her baby that apparently was not able to be taken by any daycare in the entire <laughs> surrounding Scranton. area. Scranton greater area. Because she just brought that fucking kid in constantly. Yeah. You Hannah give, brought in her baby. You can't give a baby paper clips. It might swallow them. Oh, it's okay. I have thousands of them. It's okay. I got tons of them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking creep. What is that, a squid's eye? <laughs> My left oh breast. Oh my god! How did you get that picture? Right place, right time. <laughs> no wonder she quit. No wonder she quit. Is right. That wasn't even Michael who got her. To quit. Yeah. Although I will say, Michael going underneath the desk and doing the "Look who's talking, baby." Yeah. He yeah. probably didn't help. Didn't. Help. Well, they talk about specifically that she quit because of challenges of being a working mother or something. How did right. they phrase it? Uh, uh, she filed a grievance of working while being a single mother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so she quit and. Michael might need to be deposed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to I have to make another note like yeah. here quick segue um, just maybe just adding to this um later on when uh, Michael goes to interview for corporate you yep. hear from David Wallace, who praises him. He says, you didn't lose a single customer client in the in the merger and you were able to trim the budget. That is nice work. That is nice work. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh-huh. is, this is a pretty watertight theory. They yeah. only brought five people over anyway. Yeah. From yeah. the entire branch. From Stanford. All so they double the volume of Scranton. More than double because they were doing more in sales. Stanford was. Right. And then repl- and to, to handle all that extra volume, they only sent five people. So, sent five people. Two of them actually stayed a little bit more longer haul. Correct. Yeah, Karen, and Karen and Andy. And Andy. Right. I guess, yeah. So I guess Andy stayed on the whole time. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I I mean we wish he hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. He, uh, I bet if he didn't have the anger related incident, they would have been able to just 
let him go. Well, that might have been there out, oh, but yeah. you know, if he uh, he could have. Yeah, I mean, if it was like a mental illness, like he has like issues that he needs to work through, which he clearly has, and then they send him to therapy, he completes it, and he comes back. They could not fire him for that, right? That's a thing. So, you know, I think, man, this is a good theory. This is solid. solid. Jeez, I wonder why Martin left. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he's like of the five, he is the one that could turn around and sue Dunder Mifflin. Oh, a thousand percent, and win. Like, Absolutely, yeah, way more money than Jan would have, have won for the for the boob job. Fucking, quitting, yeah, prison Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just such a good episode, though. That's true. <laughs> I mean, prison I mean, Mike, yeah, legendary. We've yeah. talked about how we're gonna eventually get into all the multiple personalities that Michael brings to the table with all his characters. Oh yeah, but prison Mike is just so excellent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Okay, uh, let's vote on it. I, I guess. think it's time to vote oh, on yeah. that. Uh, Nick says yes. Nick says big yes, thumbs yes, up. Yes, yes, a thousand I'm, times. I'm yes. gonna go 100 percent yes. I can't fight this at all. This is a big one. 100%. All right, that makes it official in the Scotch and Splendid universe yep. that corporate intentionally left Michael in charge, hoping that the new people from Stanford would quit. So they wouldn't have to pay him severance Boom. and cut costs. Wonderful. I love wow. it. Just, Wes done. Good job. That was a great theory. Thank you for your submission. Thank that you was so awesome. Much. Well done, Wes. Reminder. Just guys. another feather in the cap for David Wallace's excellent decision making as CFO. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, that worked out for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they cut costs and, and then Mr. Grant ended up being the most profitable branch. There it is. I mean, think about it. Guys, don't forget, send us your theories. When you're writing the review, shoot it over in an email, Scotch and Splendid Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. All right. Well, I think it's time we get into the meat of the episode. Yes. One we've been looking very, very forward to. It's a big one, man. But what do we got to do before we start? Well, mm. with any with any meat, you got to have drink. Correct. That's right. And what's our drink this evening, BJ? Oh. Today, I brought a very special whiskey that I love. This is definitely one of my favorites. So it is the Angel's Envy Finished Rye. And they take this rye whiskey and they actually finish it in Caribbean run casks. Okay. Okay. So Tasty. it's got a little bit of a like a sweetness to it, but not too much. It's definitely not like a sweet whiskey. Okay. You know, it's not like Nick's favorite whiskey, Screwball, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like Absolute peanut- bastard. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, in case it has not been established, uh-huh. I'm a big fan of Drink What You Want, unless it's Screwball. If you drink Screwball, then Fuck you. <laughs> Woo. Shots fired. Shots fired. Okay. So let's go ahead, boys, and crack this baby open. All right. Hey. Oh. Love that sound. That's a good one. Clonk. All right. Pull clinky, clinky. Come on. All right. Clinky. Cheers, Cheers up, fellas. Boys. Cheers, gentlemen. <laughs> that was a heavy cheers. <laughs> the, ta- the table's far apart. And, <laughs> and my we're, glasses broke. We're social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> The nose is great. We talked about it a little bit earlier that in the bottle it just smells like a couple like packed dark brown sugar. Dark brown sugar. So personally, when I get it, when I drink it, I get like the lightest touch of like butterscotch, a little caramel, and it's just sweet on the tongue on the finish, but it's still rye. So you still got that, you know, warmth on the way down. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, AJ? I think this is only like a quarter Splenda for me. Hey, this is pretty tasty. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we got it. We got him. <laughs> so I do recommend with this putting a nice cube in because I think it opens it up a little bit, and I like to drink it a little cooler. 
um, mm. than some of my other whiskeys and bourbons. But I think the the ice cube will melt in it, and it just opens up, and yeah. it is my favorite after dinner bourbon. I there would you say. go. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. Yeah, that's tremendous. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into this thing. Here we are, guys. We are first our first attempt. And I think three of probably our major theories for the Scranton Strangler. One of the one of the most prolific discussions in the entire office universe. Right? Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, we knew this one was coming. Anybody who knows about this podcast yeah. has to have known that this was coming. Absolutely. Uh, this is this is an important one for us, and we're really excited to dive right in. I am going to, if it's okay with you guys, kick it off. First. Do it. Please do. Um, I Blow think, my mind, AJ. Although I don't think it's a, a very uh, universally uh, renowned theory on the Scranton Strangler, um, but I think it's one that might pique some interest, okay? Okay. And my for- first foremost thought on the Scranton Strangler is Danny Cordray. Played okay. by Timothy Oliphant. Okay. Traveling salesman Danny Cordray. Traveling Hottest in the salesman. office, Danny Hottest Cordray. Hottest in the office. Yes. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, let's see your proof. So Danny Cordray has several points that I want to make about this. He's a traveling salesman. He travels everywhere around the Scranton greater area. Yep. yep. Uh, we, we do know that he's a good-looking guy. He's a smooth talker. He's okay. annoyingly good-looking. He's annoyingly good-looking, <laughs> right? Would you call him a real lady killer? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> a Pam would. But uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, the other end of it though too, he owns a bar. He oh, knows yeah. he knows how to vet people. Public school, right? Right? He, yeah, he yeah. knows. He knows. Uh, he so he obviously has a a place that he can kind of s- watch people, uh, see what they're doing. Uh, I think it's just too easy for him uh, at this point. He could easily cover his tracks. Yep. Um, he's got alibis up the wazoo. Why he would be in random places at random times. Sure. Sales calls. Sales yep. calls. Sure. And why would he be, uh, wh- wh- what's his alibi for almost any time late at night? His own bar. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is my my short but sweet theory. Danny Cordray is the Scranton Strangler to kick us off. Okay. Do you have any insight for me, guys? Do you can you fight me on this? What can you fight on this? That's what I want to really hear. <sighs> okay. So Danny Cordray, I I think he's just too good, and I think that's why Dwight and Jim hate him so much mm. because he's he's just a cool guy. I'm not shutting down. Okay. I'm just like trying to get the gears going here. Okay? I, I appreciate that. So I don't know, Nick. What do you anything to? Well, so here's my question for you. So when I was looking back at my my individual that we'll go through here shortly, you bet. you're looking at all the things we know about the Scranton Strangler, and one of the things that we have is you can't dismiss uh, the conviction of George Howard Scubb, right? Okay. What is their connection is the question that I had to ask myself, because he gets chased down in the car that appeared in the parking lot at one point, right? Yep. And then gets arrested and tried and charged for the Scranton Strangler. So I guess my question with... With Danny Cordray's, like, what's his connection with George Howard Scubb? Well, I think it could be argued the same, the same connection as to why he's just in the office, the Scranton uh, office park in general. Um, maybe he has some sort of connection to somebody uh, at one of the other uh, businesses. Okay, you know. Um, so the other end of it too is maybe he is a client of some kind. Maybe George Howard Scubb is. Okay. Some sort of a client or potential pitch, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't really know too much about George. 
Right. Right. That's no, not hardly just, really just the name mm. is all we know about him. And he drives a, a sedan of some kind. Mm-hmm. No, that's a devil name. Mm. <laughs> My other the other the other part of this uh, that I would uh, that I would love to kind of see your reaction initially. Yeah. In this theory, let's pretend that this is somehow true. Right. Sure. Okay. And that means that. For the fact that Pam went on several dates with Danny Cordray, mm. she was in fact a vetted victim. Okay. Of the so Scranton Pam Strangler. could have been a victim of the Scranton Strangler Correct. if so, it's Danny Cordray. So what did Pam do to convince the Scranton, the Scranton Strangler not to strangle her? Because she was he, too dorky. She was too dorky is what his <laughs> excuse was. <laughs> Why he didn't call her back. Maybe maybe she was too uh, too into the... Well, she maybe she's too into uh, going to public places. She's not a big drinker. That's necessarily. true. So yeah. she couldn't get her Unless like it's chilies. Yeah, it, it's, it's chilies. Right. <laughs> Unless it's chilies. Chilies has a great strange effect on Pam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's that's one of that's part of my theory in all okay. this too. Is that I like fact, I like that that Pam's yeah. not a big drinker. Yeah. You know, is wouldn't be easy for her to go to the bar, right. get drunk, and then like oh, you know. Something happened. Yeah. You know, yep. because it's not, it would, it doesn't fit her everyday MO. Mm-hmm. So why would, you know, maybe she's too hard to cover the tracks. Right. And so that's why he decides to cut contact with yeah. her. Yeah. Okay. She's, maybe he found that he actually sort of liked Pam, liked her company, and was, you know, I don't want to strangle and kill this person. And <laughs> yeah, maybe that's enough. why he cut off all contact. That's why he didn't call her back. Not because yeah. she was too dorky, but. Because he didn't want to murder her. Maybe she had oh. too many. Maybe she had too many connections. You know, she would talk yeah. about her ex-husband. She would talk about her job. Uh, he's in the paper business. That's She's in point. the paper business. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like he's that. going on dates with her. He realizes that Pam's working for a competitor. Right. Probably going to tell coworkers like, "Hey, I'm going out with Danny Cordray. You know, right. the salesman from yep. whatever company he works for. People know him. Right. They're going to have a connection." Then he's like, okay, like my name is too much out there where people know me right. with her and the companies. Boom. That's yep. good. There it is. Okay. Interesting. So Okay. Okay. I, I haven't found I, I haven't found any major evidence against, but also there's no nail in the coffin that it's him. Right. So there it is. Okay. So when he was throwing the party on Halloween mm-hmm. and he's inviting everybody there. Mm-hmm. Do you think there was a strangling that night? Look, man, Batman threw a party for Harvey Dent and showed up late <laughs> AF. Okay. That's true. While he was out rescuing people. All right. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Okay. All right. Okay. You've never seen the Scranton Strangler and Danny Cordray in the same place. Okay. <laughs> uh, dang it. All right. So. Okay. okay, I like that. All I'm, right, uh, that's it. That's uh, you know, we don't have to go too much deeper no, if you guys okay. don't want to, but yeah. So do we want to do we want to go through, present our cases, and then vote at the end, almost okay. like a big on validity like a fan theory on yeah. validity? Okay. I think I think I think uh, yeah, we could do that. We okay. could vote on validity. I mean, we're going to be continuing this series, guys. Oh yeah, we're gonna have There's lots. too many suspects. We're narrowing down suspects at this point for you. So yeah, yeah I mean, Danny Cordray is he off the board, or are we gonna tie some yarn around his little peg? Yeah, we could okay. also we could go through and like maybe at the end after we're done with our biggest suspects on our list and go through and cut a people that we just don't think are the screens absolutely you know sure. I mean, there's that. there's some boxes we could check we know it's not fill in the blank we're moving on from them they're not a suspect right okay 
Okay. I dig that. Would you like to hear mine? I'm I in. Would. Okay. So I present to you the case of the Scranton Strangler is Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. Okay. okay. Wow. This okay. So this I kind of had a feeling this one was coming, and and it has to do has to be because of the mob ties that we all agreed. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. A hundred percent. That's okay. worked into here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna present you some evidence, and we're gonna talk through it a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. So first and foremost, right. When you look at Bob Vance or anybody for that matter versus the convicted person with George Howard Scubb, you yeah. got to look at the relationship with him and Toby, right? Okay. So Toby served on the on the jury. He was presented with all the evidence. They convicted, but then he got the chance to look back at all the evidence. Somebody who's writing all these crime novels and has a little more knowledge than your average bear with that. Yeah. Looked back at it and says, I don't think he's guilty. I think he's innocent. I think it was somebody else. Mm. So right off the bat, I think you can eliminate him as a suspect, potentially, as we're doing in this in this fashion, right? Okay. Yeah. So you continue on, and Bob has got an obvious history of violent behavior. I'm going through my notes here. So Bob's got an obvious history of right. violent behavior, right? Yeah. So Phyllis talks about at times where she'll flirt with guys and get him to beat Bob up. Yeah. Or get, get Bob to beat him up. Excuse yes. me. Yes. She'll wear something a little cut, flirt with men at the bar, <laughs> and then Bob beats him up. <laughs> yeah. Which is... Total sociopathic behavior right off the bat. Well, for I Phyllis love that and Phyllis her. Do it. And Bob. <laughs> I love that We're, Phyllis does this. That's awesome. I'm sure we'll cover at some point Phyllis Vance is a giant piece of shit also. <laughs> but I might be in on that. Yeah. But so he's got that going for him, right? Then you talk about other times where he's displayed his violent behavior. You look at like Phyllis and Bob's wedding as they're yeah. going through the reception right. and you have Michael does the whole if you ever lay a finger on her I'll kill you and Bob without missing a beat with all this menace in his eyes tells Michael if you ever lay a finger on her I'll kill you right yep right so he's got all this going on during the which Christmas episode is it where uh Phyllis is wanting to be Santa, Santa. Claus yep yep Michael's wanting to be Santa Claus right right they're going through and doing all this they're going back and forth and then Phil says, don't make me get Bob involved. Right. Right? Michael says, well, what does that mean? She says, well, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Immediately backtracks it. And then at the end of the episode, Bob comes charging in, ready to kick Michael's ass over this <laughs> small little disagreement that they have. Yeah. Over- I, I think uh, at that point, Bob had some disdain for Michael. <laughs> I mean, he was looking for any reason to kick his ass. Like, I'm not trying to poke holes in your, in your argument here, but... Fair enough. <laughs> but regardless... Totally irrational behavior for your normal person, right? Absolutely. He's got all this crazy impulsive behavior. He's got all these like nonsense things that he's doing. Case in point, him and Phil is just positively going at it in the bathroom at Valentine's Day. Ugh. Like yeah. <laughs> impulsive, risky behavior. He's got that going for him. He's got a history of violence. He's got the means yeah. in the fact that he's got all this technology surrounding him with refrigeration, right? He's technology. Got, he's got <laughs> refrigerator trucks. He's got refrigeration available to him where he could store bodies before they need to hide them or before they need to dispose of them or whatever it may be. Mm. But then most importantly, Bob is wealthy and influential and has organized crime ties. <laughs> as we, we as, as we discussed, discussed, we have all agreed. Solidified, yep. Bob is part that of that. That fact cannot be disputed diet. on this podcast. Correct. We have voted that that is a fact. Exactly. So herein lies my theory. Mm-hmm. Bob Vance is your Scranton Strangler. Yeah. Right. George Howard Scubb and his car were seen in the parking lot 
because George Howard Scubb is also a part of this organized crime ring in a much lower position. Mm. Bob is able to go through. He's able to do all these things and feels the authorities closing in and pins it all on George Howard Scubb using his money and his influence that he has available to him. Right. Okay. So when you're looking at like a criminal investigation, because my wife is super big into your true crime, you talk about, I present to you his opportunity is that Bob is wealthy and able to pay off or eliminate witnesses. Right. He has the means in that Bob is a large, imposing guy with organized crime connections and resources able to cover up the crimes. And his motive is that Bob has a history of both violent overreactions and impulsive behavior. Okay. I submit that Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration is the Scranton Strangler. Wow. That was very well laid out. (laughs) I did five times the research for this episode that I do for a normal episode. Uh, okay. okay, AJ. Any uh, any counterpoints uh, on the defense? <sighs> okay, so my my counterpoint um, would probably I I've, I've got to go for obvious yep. on this, right? And that is my question. It's, it's in the form of a question: Is does Phyllis, would Phyllis know about this then? I don't know. Okay, I think that Phyllis may have her suspicions. Okay. Maybe she's got suspicions and already knows that he's got these violent outbursts that are maybe more than the average individual. I think looking at the facts, Phyllis knows, and I'm not saying Bob's the Scranton Strangler, but I am saying that he's connected to some sort of organized crime. Right. I think Phyllis knows because she uses that as a threat multiple times. Well, and in when you're talking like traveling salesman, right, with her and Karen, and Karen asks about who's Bob Vance, and she says, you have a lot to learn about this town. Yeah. <laughs> the other the other one, too, um, is when they are all, when they decide, find out the downsizing is happening to Scranton, and uh, Michael is going to try to talk to David Wallace. Yeah. She says, well, it's probably okay. Uh, as the first lady of Vance Refrigeration, Bob doesn't want me to work, and I can just work from home. And I get paid in cash. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that doesn't really sound legal at this point, is what she says in yeah. her talking okay. head. Um, so you think, no, she doesn't know. I think I think that she is, she would probably be oblivious to the fact. She's just too... I don't need convinced that Phyllis is oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like what you said about how he's got, clearly, like, she would know that he's got organized crime dealings. Or right, mob but not dealings. necessarily knows he's a murderer. That he's a murderer. A murderer. Right. right. That's uh, that's probably a line that, I mean, I don't know, Phyllis, if if that's a line that she'd be willing to cross. I mean, I think as the show evolves, she changes her character. Just like everybody, her ch- character changes a lot. Right. Yeah. She gets a little bit more, you know, able to confront Angela. Um, but I just, I don't know if uh, her husband being a murderer is something that Phyllis Vance, the first lady of is Vance Refrigeration, go- going is, to be is okay with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, well, and so as we're as we're doing the Bob Vance of Vance refrigeration because it is his shtick. That's part of the theory too that I would have is that he does this this hardcore effort to just pound into your brain that he's Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration mm-hmm. because that's all he wants you to think of him as, right? It's Bob Vance, the owner of Vance Refrigeration. He couldn't yeah. be the Scranton Strangler. He's Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. So right. he okay. couldn't be part of organized crime. He's Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Okay. <laughs> I I want to. I have to. So and that's the other take I have is he creates this in fact to 
to cover up and create too big of a presence in yeah. his world to be noticed or thought of as such a thing. He's but like the, a public figure, quote a, unquote. A public figure. Yeah. But then at, at the same time, too big of a public figure to, I would say, like not be recognized as the Scranton Strangler. As somebody who, like, his shoe size. Yeah. For one thing, he's a big guy. <laughs> he's a big guy. You know, he's a big guy. Like, yeah. And he's a he's a noticeable figure. He's yeah. a, he's quite the presence when he walks into a room. Sure. You know, things like that. He's a big dude. I he's got the physical strength. He's got the physical very ability to strangle and, and kill he somebody. Absolutely sure. strangle somebody, which is he's definitely a point for it. Big old hands on him. That dude's got catcher's mitts. He's got for hands. mitts. Yeah. Okay. So if you would have presented this theory that George Howard Scub works for. Bob Vance, and he is works the, in somewhere in the organized crime. right, not for Vance Refrigeration, but on the right. crime side of his business. Yep. And and you said that George Howard Scubb is the Scranton Strangler working for Bob Vance, but okay. He's, but he's kind of just like also got a thirst for murder, so he's murdering them. I I sure. think I would actually be super into that theory. Okay. I like that better too. And I also like the idea that a mob boss or a somebody of power in the mob doesn't do his own hits. Right. He doesn't Fair need enough. to. But so. the only counterpoint then you could say is he's got a thirst for murder himself. Like Bob likes sure. murdering people. Bob so, wants to do it. Cuz so I, I just think... I just but I just think, you know, AJ's point of like he's too well known, he's like a big presence. Like I think it would be easier for him to be caught on to. Sure. Mm -hmm. But if he kills everybody that that recognizes him. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of killing. That's a lot of killing, Nick. No, but I mean, anybody who, like, in the situation, he's trying to murder somebody, and they're like, sure. wait a second, why are your hands around my neck? You're Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> Dead. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Into the into the refrigerated into box the deep truck. Freeze. Into the fucking quarry over by where Jim and Creed live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to go back to, to one point. I'm kind of flip-flopping here. I can't Jimmy. decide if Phyllis is in the know or not. And while you guys were talking, I remembered that Phyllis says the line of the show to me that is more annoying than any other line in the entire show. And because of that line, I think she truly is ignorant and okay. she does not know. Okay. So the line I'm referring to is in the episode of the Finer Things Club. Okay. Yes. So they're in the they're in the break room yep. and not the kitchen, and they're trying to enjoy a nice. They're talking about a nice book. They're trying to enjoy their nice hors d'oeuvres. Yep. And Phyllis barges in, and she starts manhandling the microwave, right? And she's beeping all the buttons, and finally Oscar breaks, and he's just like, "What are you microwaving?" Yeah. And she says, "Popcorn." Popcorn. Popcorn. And Popcorn. Pam very politely says, "Why can't you just use the microwave in the kitchen, Phyllis?" And she says. It smells like popcorn. Someone needs to clean it. It smells like popcorn. I get so mad at that line. <laughs> I I'm like, I, it just eats me alive. It does. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so, no, I don't think she knows. I think she's ignorant to everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. DJ has had one too many... Popcorn soaked microwaves in break rooms <laughs> in his life. Yeah. Just clean it then. <laughs> it's enough to break him and make him oh, the screen. Man, yeah, no kidding. Gosh. Anyway, so it's I want to retract hilarious. my previous statements. I don't think Phyllis knows anything. Yeah. She can't even clean a freaking microwave. I think she doesn't clean the microwave because she's entitled and she has people doing everything for her already. Mm -hmm. Also, probably because true. of her husband's mob connections and the fact that he's a cold blooded murderer. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> 
Okay. okay. Any other points on this one? <laughs> I, I think I'm good. That's okay. the that's the hill I'll die on. Bob Vance is your is your Scranton Strangler. It's solid. Because okay, I don't uh, so far. I, yeah, I don't think that he's like. I know he's the head of the five families, right? In yeah. theory, in your Scranton, but you would have to think that being as close to New York and Philly as they are, that he would have to be much lower on the totem pole for like the organized crime ring. Sure. Okay. Sure. So he's just a wise guy. So he's middle, yeah. he's middle management. Okay. He's he's mob boss middle management. Got okay. you. Okay. So he's he's the highest in the Scranton area. He's the mm. regional mob boss manager. manager. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and he, George Howard Scubb is the assistant to the regional okay, mob yeah. boss manager. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sounds great. All right. So we'll 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 sit on that. Yep. Okay. So my theory for the Scranton Strangler is Gabe Lewis. This is a good oh, one. Oh, big creepy Gabe. This is a good Tall, one. Tall, lanky, creepy Gabe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let me present some facts all right. to the jury. Hit me. First of all, he shows up in season seven, episode 15. Right. The exact same time the Scranton Strangler becomes prevalent in the series. Okay. Okay. The timing yeah. is the same. Timing. Okay. It's it's two episodes later. He's, you know, the Scranton Strangler starts being mentioned and then just gets mentioned more and more. Okay. Right. So the Stranglings didn't start till Gabe moved to Scranton. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, you know, the first time really that it's mentioned that you can really, really hear the Scranton Strangler um, is actually referencing his second murder. And that's in episode or season six, episode 17, The Delivery. Um, Andy buys right. that. The paper. Yep, buys the paper. Yep. And it's supposed to be spring is sprung, but yeah, little but... Cece took too long <laughs> coming into yes. the world. And the next one was The Scranton Strangler Strikes, Strikes Again. again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So second murder um, for, right. the, for the Scranton Strangler. And that is two episodes after he arrives on the show. Right. So the show he comes, okay. the show he shows up, or the episode he shows up on is, is Saber. Sure. Right? Or Sabre. 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 Yes. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a good day with Dunder Mifflin on Sabre. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a lot of people have the theory that it's Creed, you know, and Toby. Yeah, sure. yeah. So one counterpoint I would make to Creed is um, Creed says in one of the episodes, they're talking about the Scranton Strangler, or I'm sorry, in the delivery, okay. Creed says... When a child is born, we all know what that means. Someone dies, and I think we all know who it is. I need to get my affairs in order. So he <laughs> he is thinking that he is going to be killed because a baby is coming into the world. Not necessarily because of this Grand Strangler. Okay, yeah. But he thinks he's going to be killed, which l makes me believe he's not the Grand Strangler. Otherwise, his philosophy would have been, I need to kill somebody. Right. Or it could be me. Okay. You know, and Creed is the type of guy that would probably announce that with a blood splattered shirt well, that to the camera. Is that is really, really good, time. good timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. More evidence. Uh, the episode where uh, also in that episode, the delivery. Yeah. So Gabe is a character on the show. He is not in that episode. He's nowhere to be seen. He's not at the branch. Right. Okay. He's not anywhere. You know why? Because mm -hmm. he's murdering someone while Pam's <laughs> going into labor. Oh, he is wow. the strangler. He is not in that episode. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So in the happy hour episode, Dwight and Isabel, you know, mention him um, about this grand strangler and how they would protect themselves if they were strangled. Um, and then it leads you to believe in the talk. Notice another thing about that. Gabe's not there. Right. Okay. So more times Gabe's not around. Why? Because he's out 
strangling. He's out strangling. He's out strangling. Okay. Okay. So the episode, the viewing party, that's the episode where the cold open, they see this grand strangler is like trapped in the house. It's George Howard Scubb driving away. Yeah. Right. Gabe shows up late to work. He's the one that shows up late. Yes. And they're already watching the, the, or the, like the, the lockout at the house yeah. and the standoff. Like and the live gets, broadcast. Right. They're already watching it. Aaron runs out. It's like, you got to watch this. He does not want them watching it. Right. And he kind of plays it off like it's a waste of time for work. Sure. But what he doesn't want is any attention on it at all I from see. his coworkers. From his coworkers. And where was he and why was he late as someone who's never late? He was setting up George Howard Scubb as the murderer. As the he was setting proof. And he had it. He had to go get it ready, get it all there. He's making an boom. anonymous phone call from a phone booth. Or, Correct. Sure, he yes. was. He was working on getting um, framing George Howard Scubb. Okay. 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 Mm, the plot thickens. <laughs> Indeed. Now let's just take a, a look at Gabe and Gabe's life. Gabe. Yep. Okay. okay. He's a lackey. He's constantly beat down. Yeah. Right. Um, he's always like spurned by his supervisors. I found some of this. I will, I'll give some credit because some of these theories I found on Reddit. So, okay. Okay. And this was this, fair enough. This, this little part was one, you know, I'm doing my research. I'm I looking for outside that. resources to support my theory. I appreciate that. Um, so he's spurned by his supervisors. Um, he's mocked by his coworkers. Um, but we know, however, he enjoys power. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anytime he, he can get it. Anytime he can get it. And that is no better proven than when, uh, Robert California puts Gabe in charge of interviewing Dwight when Dwight is interviewing for that position. Right. Yep. You can really see Gabe's reach at power. Mm-hmm. Reach. Yes. Pun intended. He's the Oof. toilet. <laughs> Oof. He flushes away the problems. <laughs> One other big thing. Yeah. Gabe's creepy obsession with horror movies. His movie. Yeah. And I'm not talking Super horror freaky. movies like Scream or Halloween. I'm talking some black market, deep cuts, horror movies. The movie oh, yeah. that he made. Yes, the movie he made. And he is <coughs> creeping up on his coworkers. He's filming Stanley in his car. He is obviously very good at sneaking around. Some yeah. might say that no narrative makes you more uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. I hated watching that movie yeah, in the no. movie in the show. Bad, I, I will tell you that it gives reminded, me the goose pimples. <laughs> that reminded me that movie of I did like a film appreciation course in uh college and we had to watch this movie called I think it's like Unshan Andalu, which is just this black and white art house like exactly the sort of shit he's got on there they like slice open a cow eyeball with a with a like straight razor it's just like, like really this. upsetting Ugh. shit Ugh. and it's uh, i remember this watching is a, this the is a op- podcast about the office yes okay? i remember <laughs> watching the office i gotta get it back i remember watching that in the office and i was like that's exactly what this shit is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, man. It's just designed to make you uncomfortable. It's like the video. It's like the, the movie you're not supposed to watch from The Ring. What does he call <laughs> yeah. it? Like the cinema of the unsettling or yeah, something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that you know that. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go on. Sorry, please continue. continue to lay out your case. Next fact. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Gabe's body structure. Mm. Tall. 
very tall. He's built like Slender Man. He's built like Slender Man. He has incredibly long arms. Mm-hmm. So if a victim was trying to fight him off, he couldn't even reach his body <laughs> sure. as he strangles him. Yeah. And have you seen those banana hands? <laughs> He's swinging yes. around. Yeah. Okay. Killing machines. He's sort of Killing built machines. like Slender Man's anemic little brother. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> And my final piece of evidence I would like to submit to the jury. Yes. George Howard Scubb. Yes. Mm. Take that name, and it's an acronym. Stop it. For Gabe's Rough Orbed. What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Gabe's... Speaking of reaching... <laughs> Gabe's... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what Gabe's, give it to me again Gabe's what I'm not even done <laughs> I'm not even done okay oh this god. is hard evidence stop laughing okay. objection stop? the jury will not stop pissing their pants stop okay <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm stopping. Okay. How the fuck long did it take you to put that together? Stop. <laughs> okay. George Howard Scub is an acronym for Gabe's Rough Orbed Gurked. 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 Okay. Gurked. Now think about it. Gurked. Okay. What is the sound you make when you're being choked? And and now everybody make make a choking with your hands, like you're gonna choke somebody. Going to choke somebody. What does it look like? An orb. An orb. God (laughs) damn it! I I have to know if you look this. Now hold on. No, hold on. I'm not done. So gurked the exact sound. The exact sound you make when you're being choked. Is G H R D K, which conveniently spells out Gabe's hands really did kill. Case closed. <laughs> this is quite possibly the most far reaching, <laughs> poorly supported bullshit I've ever heard in those final two points. I I have this to. This is re- not. This is not. OJ Simpson, if the glove doesn't fit, hey, must acquit. This is Gabe's hands really did kill. I can't make it up. That's what it spells. <laughs> that's, what it, that's it, huh? Did you look this up or did you just drop a bunch of acid and looked at the name and you were no. like, what can I make from this? You know, I wrote George Howard's Gub on a big, on my wall. On right? a, and on then a, I got some string. And then I you watching, Were you watching like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets? <laughs> yeah. Recently, with like the I am Lord Voldemort, Tom yeah. Marvel. Over. Oh, and you were like, wait a second. I bet that Michael Shore put this bullshit somewhere in here. God. It's been hiding in plain sight the whole time. It absolutely <laughs> is a Michael Scott acronym. Yep. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's like it's more like a creed acronym. Bow body, bow body. Oh, oh my god! Okay, Gert. what do you guys think? I'm gonna say <sighs> you had me, and, and then, then you, you lost, lost me. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! God. Counterpoints, if I may. Yep. I would like the final two points stricken from the official <laughs> record, please. 
Second counterpoint. I don't know that Gabe has the physical strength necessary to kill somebody. Oh, I, the height, the height advantage alone. It's he's not, coming down on it's everybody. It's not a matter of physics. <laughs> he weighs 104 pounds and he's eight feet tall. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, his I, middle name is Susan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely has, I think, I, there, there's some supporting evidence, even when he's like, you know, cross dressing for Halloween. He As is Lady Gaga. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's, so he's into disguises. He, he like say he he also has his own like authority authority complex. He has he certainly has some deep seated things going on. I don't want to believe it could be, but there is some support, especially in the, at least the mo- the biggest one is the timeline. Yep, the biggest one is the timeline uh, of when that came when he comes into play and when the Scranton Strangler in fact strikes or strikes again for that matter. So. I'm not going to uh, rule it out at this point. What about the Gurk? The Gurk. <laughs> I would like to discontinue discussion of the Gurk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my only thing of the timeline where like Gabe is nowhere to be found is they establish pretty well later on that they've got him in Scranton on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and Tallahassee on Tuesday, Thursdays, or vice versa. Which I love. <laughs> that, that they make him fly every single day. Back and, <laughs> and what a better way to counter his deathly fear of flying. <laughs> so, but I think that also it's a double-edged sword because that gives him every opportunity to have that as a cover. Well, I couldn't have done that. I was in Tallahassee. Correct. So that was another point I meant to bring up. So if even if he could be tracked um, for an alibi, like he flew to Tallahassee, yeah, who's keeping track of Gabe? Nobody. I mean, nobody who, gives a fuck about Gabe, right? Because Joe doesn't, yep. for sure, care, right? And, and Joe's not even around later. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he says he's flying back Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, so let's say he boards the plane, he flies back on a Monday night for work, work in work. air quotes, um, for Tuesday. It would take him fifteen hours and fifty six minutes to drive back to Scranton. And nobody would know. And he could be back there doing whatever he needed to do. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it? Just yeah? Yeah. <laughs> no, shut no. up. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, shape does your hands make when you strangle someone? I Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. There's nothing in the anagram. There's it's there. There's the a- acronym is the GERC. I I think okay. I think as much as you I think damn it. I think here's my thing as much as you want the time frame of him having an alibi for then being back in Tallahassee I think it works totally against it there's no way that he could be functioning in that manner I don't think he sleeps why he's a sociopath why couldn't he have flown back like so, couldn't he have flown back using a different airline or something still book the ticket for the next day like he's going to fly back, but then book something personally. I don't think he flies back at all. I think he drives back, does the murder, and then he shows up the next day for work in Scranton like he was supposed to. Or maybe maybe he doesn't sleep. Like he said, maybe he uses that, whatever that 
powdered seahorse shit that <laughs> oh, yeah. the Chinese soldiers fought <laughs> off the entire <laughs> army of Genghis, Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just hits a little bump of that in the airplane bathroom. He's good to go for a bunch of murders. I want to see. I, I like this. Makes me want to revisit the episode where Gabe has the pizza party at his place. Viewing party. The viewing view, party. Sorry, yeah. the view. And that is how the Scranton like that cold open is the Scranton Strangler one. Yeah, like okay. the drive, the driving. So, so, so okay. it would also make a great point for a a disconnected connection to yeah. like reference to Gabe being that person because so he's murdering. Strike. And so, what does he want to do to solidify alibis? Is to get people over, have get a party. Seen. Yeah, it's at their, his place. Right. So, and how does he fit in with the car? So, it's. I mean, you look up like no matter who it is, it's well established that the Mercury Cougar with that license plate that George Howard Scuff is driving is seen in the lot right. in an earlier episode. Correct. Right. So I think he meticulously chose who he was going to frame. Okay. Right? And then he planted the evidence as needed. And the reason he was late for the day that George Howard Scubb gets arrested is because he was finalizing it. And we don't know anything about George Howard Scubb. He could be a perfectly nice gentleman, or he could be a scumbag that's got like priors, you know? True. And so maybe as they're like ar- going to arrest him, he may not even know that he's on tri- like getting arrested for the Scranton Strangler. He may think he's getting popped for one of his other crimes. Can and he I just flees? Sure. Can I add a, a random point to uh, to work towards your theory here for Gabe? Oh, please do. Gabe is constantly is in trouble. Anagrams? No, it's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to add to that fire on this episode. Uh, <laughs> but Gabe is in constant travel, essentially, right? Yep. Meaning Gabe couldn't have a car in Scranton, I would have to imagine. However, he's ter- certainly not high enough on Joe's totem pole to give him a company car so he must have to rent a car so then maybe the car in that lot is in fact a rental that George Howard Scubb also rents okay okay far-fetched but hey I'm I'm trying yeah it's a thing okay are we done with Gabe I think we're done with Gabe I think so do we want to talk through people we think that it could definitely not be before we go back and look at the validity of the three presented. Sure. Let's throw two people each that we just are confident that it's not. Can't be Angela. She's too small. She could never strangle anybody. Makes sense. Makes sense. Even with a booster seat or a <laughs> stepladder, <laughs> she couldn't wrap those hands around anybody. Okay. So not Angela. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Next. I, I want to cross other people who are in the park, uh, the office park, off the list. Couldn't be Billy Merch. Oh, well, <laughs> AJ. <laughs> AJ. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Be- only agreed because I think Billy is a truly good person. That's fair. And agreed. not a murderer. All right. Uh, okay. I'm gonna. I'll take it to a different place. Okay. Couldn't be Bill Cress. He's too old. Too okay. old. Agreed. 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 Okay. Um, I'm gonna throw out just a uh, one that it absolutely could not be because he would screw it up. Michael. Okay. Michael. Michael. Couldn't Could be. Michael. Couldn't be no. Michael. Agreed. 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 Okay. Nick, one more. Couldn't be Kelly. Couldn't be Kelly. Oh. <laughs> Kelly's too nice. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians was on every night that a murder occurred. Okay. Oh, that that's good timing. I'm just kidding. I have no fucking <laughs> idea. <laughs> okay. I will agree it's not Kelly, though. Not uh, Kelly. Agreed. No. Agreed. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's make this. I'll, I'll see if we can make this quick. Uh, couldn't be Ryan. Ooh. Okay. Show your oh. work. Yeah. <laughs> Show your work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Not agreed. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to cross him off the permanent list. I Love don't. It. I don't. I okay. think if there's proof of anybody like of the of the core office thirteen mm-hmm. that is truly is a sociopath. Oh, it's Ryan. I think it is Ryan. Ryan. I think he has sociopathic tendencies. Hundred percent. So I. Okay. Uh, I, I don't want to cross him off. So I'll say disagree on Ryan. Okay. I agree to disagree. With who? With you, AJ. Okay. <laughs> I think that Ryan could still be a possibility. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I'm going to throw out one more. Hit me. Kevin. I don't think Go. it could be Kevin. I don't think... I just don't think uh, our sweet little tuddly, cuddly teddy bear Kevin could do it. I think that the physical stamina aspect of Kevin trying to strangle somebody to death... Imagine Kevin... Yeah, it needs to be taken into account. Because Kevin, at one point... When Nick is going through all the computers and IT, sprints 14 feet back to his desk <laughs> and then comes back and is flop sweating out of breath. <laughs> okay, fair okay. enough. So I, I run. I, I would, I'm a runner. I'm a I runner. run sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, so not I, Kevin. I would agree with that. Agreed? Okay. I would agree not Kevin. Not Kevin. Agreed. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, there it is, our uh, our first entry into what will probably be an entirely full journal uh, of the Scranton Strangler. Uh, we didn't rule out any of our, our, our initial uh, thoughts here, yeah. did we? No. Okay. We could have ruled out one or two, BJ. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not... As a whole, but right. individual pieces of evidence, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe some didn't make it into evidence for trial. Um, but <laughs> but certainly some sound cases that are happening here. Yeah. Until next time, guys, I think you just need to make sure to smash that five-star review button if you're still listening along with us. Uh, make sure you're dropping your... Uh, reviews, writing that review, writing us out a theory too while you're at it, getting those over to us, okay? That's right, because next week is Valentine's Day. Oh my. Day of love. (laughs) So what are we going to talk about? Michael's love life. Okay. Everything (laughs) Michael's love life. All the women that he dated throughout the show. Yes. uh, The people he was in love with, I would probably include Ryan in that. I think so. You know, his relationships, how they went, whether he's making buttermilk pancakes for Pam's mom in bed or (laughs) going to a sleazy motel with Donna. (laughs) (laughs) All things Michael's love life for Valentine's Day. Oh, I can't wait. All right, guys, so make sure if you want to find us anywhere on that social media, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, it's at Scotch Splenda. That's just at Scotch Splenda. No and, no ampersand, at Scotch Splenda. And if you'd rather email us for your fan theories, uh, make sure you shoot it on over to scotchandsplendapodcast at gmail.com. All spelled out, scotchandsplendapodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on any social media platforms, you can find me, BJ, at I am the beach. That's beach, B-E-E-J, on Instagram and TikTok. Nick, where can we find you? Yeah, uh, You can find me uh, just about everywhere at Nick Morella. That's N-I-C-K-M-E-R-U-L-L-A. Uh, you'll find that on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. On Instagram, you can find me at at Morella Nick, uh, M-E-R-U-L-L-A-N-I-C-K, because that bastard Nick Morella in New Jersey who follows me on Twitter took that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find me just about anywhere on social media, guys. A-J-A-Y-V-E-N-S. It's AJ Vens. Anywhere on social media, just plug it in and find me. Cool. All right, guys. Well, 
Thank you guys so much again for joining us for Scotch and Splenda. Uh, I guess until next time, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.